the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. Mark Davis in for Dennis Prager. It is always a joy to be here. The always present challenges. What will we talk about? What what are we going to do? What what are the crickets and tumbleweeds in the topical uh, environment going to yield? There is no shortage of stuff, and it's always great to be here. Mark Davis from 660 AM, The Answer, in Dallas-Fort Worth, where part of my gig in the 10-plus years that I've been here in DFW doing the Salem morning show after 18 years down the dial here in DFW and a few more years in other places, the joy of having a part of my professional life, uh, given uh, the chance to, to do Prager and Hugh Hewitt and, and, and various other shows on the, on the Salem radio network, deeply, deeply appreciative. And so I've, we've got a lot we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you the phone number, tell you some places I want to go. Topically speaking, you then can call the show and tell me some places you want to go. This is quite the collaborative effort. You know the phone number, 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. Follow things on the show, all things Prager at DennisPrager.com, PragerU.com. Keep uh, keep track of me at Mark Davis on Twitter, at Mark Davis, and, and there we go. So all kinds of ways for us to be in touch with each other. But for the traditional talk show methodology of you calling me to say things on the show, that is 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. So I look forward to hearing from you, Suzette, taking your calls, Rick on the video, Sean on the audio, everybody doing what they need to do. A word, if I can, just for a couple of minutes on what today is and how particularly blessed I feel. It is, it, it's uniquely fitting for me to have a two-talk show day today. Uh, as I always say, there's no better show prep for doing the Prager show than doing my own entire show earlier this morning. And boy, I did. And boy, we talked about a bunch. So I, I, I very much know a lot of the things that are on the public's mind. DeSantis versus Christ uh, last night. The, the whole notion of how how is... How's this Dr. Oz, John Fetterman thing going to go tonight? They're on a debate stage. Oh, Lordy, I'm just so uncomfortable. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of talk about that. Uh, my main discomforts are over the wreckage uh, of, of what used to be my country or what used to look like it in terms of a vibrant economy, in terms of borders that existed, in terms of a culture that at least cleaved to some basics like how many genders we have, things like that. And all that is just shot to hell, if you'll excuse me. And we're trying, 
We are trying in the election that is two weeks from today, two weeks from today. We're not just making a governmental statement. We're making, I believe, a societal statement that says enough, not just enough to Democrat policies, not just enough to the bad ways in which they govern, but we're also saying enough to, to the cultural sludge, the, the extremism that, that is spread across so many corners of society by the left. And I think this is a, a reckoning. I think this election is an opportunity to stand up to all of that. So we're going to talk about all those things today. But it's particularly fitting for me to have uh, two glorious shows to do today. Well, the first one was glorious. We'll see about this one. <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. Uh, because here's where I am now. Here's where I get to do shows now, here in Dallas-Fort Worth, working for the Salem Media Group, and every once in a while doing national shows like Dennis. What a path it has been. Been pretty remarkable. And it's been 40 years in the making. 40 years. Oh, please. (laughs) Cue the crowd. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much. 40 years ago... Today, October 25th, 1982, I sat down in a studio at 6869 Lenox Avenue on the west side of Jacksonville. Uh, So all you WBOB listeners at the 600 uh, frequency, a special shout out to you in the Prager audience. Um, But at that time, the 600 frequency was WOKV, Jacksonville call letters that have since traveled to other stations. But on this particular day, October 25th of 82, what the station had done... As as happened, my dad always told me, as your dad and or mom and or you know should tell you, you will you will be the the beneficiary of being in the right place at the right time. Luck will play an important part in any path that you pursue, but you've got to make your own luck. You've got to be in a position to have good fortune smile on you, and you do that with a good work ethic. You do that by just having good habits and you know, diligence and faith and just all the things that we're supposed to do as people that can help you make your own luck. So after graduating from the University of Maryland, doing a couple of years of reporting and newscasting in Charleston, West Virginia, um, after two years in West Virginia, you go looking for somewhere flat and warm. And for me, that was Jacksonville. And I come in and I'm, I'm doing newscast and doing reporting at, uh, at WOKV in Jacksonville. And, and then the, the gentleman who hired me, that news director leaves, and they came to me and said, hey, do you want to be news director? <laughs> I said, okay, sure. And so I'm running a five, six-person uh, news department and doing the budgets and all that stuff that I had no interest in whatsoever. But I, I loved the news, covering the news, writing the news, reporting the news, anchoring the news. And that's what my journalism degree was about, and that's what I thought I was going to do, you know, hey, forever. Then another interesting twist there in uh, Duval County, Florida, uh, they, it's, it, we had an AM-FM combo. The FM was playing you know, adult contemporary hits and doing just fine. The AM was playing music and dying on the vine because, hey, wasn't everyone on the AM dial that was still playing music. I mean, please, who, who, who does that? And uh, so they changed the format, slowly, grudgingly, and with no real budget to do so. So they came to me and said, look, we're going to sign on to this thing called the ABC Talk Radio Network. Now, here's where the, the, the Prager base of listeners in Los Angeles, these are names that are going to resonate. California folks, listen up. Because the ABC Talk Radio Network 
was a full schedule of folks, mostly from KABC in L.A. and KGO in San Francisco. Owen Spann, Dr. Susan Forward, Michael Jackson, not the hee-hee Michael Jackson, the British Michael Jackson. Hello, I'm Michael Jackson, and joining us now is Henry Kissinger, this wonderful, mannered British gentleman, just a wonderful interviewer and a wonderful host. Then Dr. Tony Grant with more personal advice. And it was just a big uh, day of satellite shows with me doing the morning show. And they, they came to me and they said, look, do you want to do a talk show you know, for no additional money? I said, I'm your man. I'm your guy. How can, I, how can I refuse? And I'm guessing those early shows, well, no, I have taped evidence. Those early shows, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's just say, thank goodness, they got better. A little better, I think, and I hope. A couple of years in Jacksonville, five years in Memphis. Got to go to Tampa and St. Petersburg. Uh, got fired there after 12 weeks when they changed format and fired everybody. God closes some doors that others may open. So there in 1990, with no gig, I was suddenly available to put in a pitch to a station I grew up listening to, WRC in Washington. And they had a new program director, a gentleman named Tyler Cox, who hired me, took the flyer on me. And so I got to go back to the town where I grew up. I was a a native Texan in San Antonio due to the Air Force, but I grew up in the suburbs of D.C. because Dad was then stationed at the Pentagon. So I grew up in D.C. due to the Air Force. Thank you very much. And loved my time in Washington. After a couple of years in D.C., the guy who hired me leaves there and comes here to DFW, to a station down the dial uh, from my current employer here at 660 AM, The Answer. So I was there, and I was there for 18 years, and it was awesome. Then God closes doors that others may open. And uh, we had a contract impasse, and uh, we go back to my dad's advice. Never leave one job. Never leave a job. Never leave a job unless you got that next job stored right there in your pocket, ready to go. Well, radio is a little different. You got to sign up for like three fresh years, and it's not like you can make your decision day in and day out. So the economy had crashed. 2008 was hell on everybody. All media, radio, TV, newspapers were all suffering horribly. And so the and stations around the country were all saying, hey, Air Talent, uh, you're going to make about half of what you made last year. Take it or leave it. And I left it. I said, well, uh, let me put this in God's hands. Talk to my wonderful wife about what we might do. Uh, I might self-syndicate or try to become a radio entrepreneur or, or what nobody wanted to do, leave town. And the phone rings and it's Salem. And I'm the morning guy at 6.60 a.m., the answer. And darned if I don't get to do cool things like this every once in a while. A 40-year path of talk shows that leads me here to you today. I am forever grateful. Okay, Mark. Shut up and take some calls. We got a lot going on. Let's do. Let's do. Telephone number is 18Prager776. 18Prager776. How you feeling? What you thinking? Very broad 30,000 foot level stuff. But I want to go straight into some of the races. DeSantis, the Florida situation, the Pennsylvania situation, the Arizona situation. Are there folks out there in Arizona who are going to go vote for Kerry Lake and then turn around and vote for Mark Kelly? I need you for a moment, please. Mark Davison for Dennis, and we will be right back. Dennis Prager here to share a product that can help keep everyone more healthy, Cofix RX. Most of us know that viruses of all types are a part of life. What we don't always know are the right products that could be protecting us. So I'd like to tell you about Cofix RX and its doctor-approved secret ingredient. As a safety measure, many doctors and nurses have been using iodine to swab their noses for decades. Iodine has been in use since 1811. 
and 96% of us are iodine deficient. Using Cofix RX antiviral nasal spray with povidone iodine is a smart way to stay healthy. Cofix RX is made right here in the USA. It's simple to use. You spray it up your nose and the iodine destroys germs and pathogens where they multiply in the nasal cavity. Check out CofixRx.com, that's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com, for a retailer near you, or use the coupon code Prager for 20% off at CofixRx.com. That's where you can see us, SalemNewsChannel.com, or you're listening wherever you may be, listening on via the app, listening via your local station. We are enormously grateful. I'm Mark Davis, always grateful to be here for Dennis Prager. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis, and call the show at 1-8-Prager-776, where people are already doing that. We're going to head to those calls in just a second. Uh, tonight, Fetterman versus Dr. Oz, I said this on my morning show, and I mean this greatly. I want Fetterman to do well tonight in terms of processing the English language and speaking it. This is not the way I want to win. I don't want Dr. Oz to win because Fetterman is simply absolutely unable to function in the English language because of his stroke recovery. I pray for his health and for his continued success uh, in, in, in that recovery. Um, I like our guys to win because our ideas are better, our candidates are better, because their ideas are ruinous, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all of which is true with Fetterman. But uh, I'll tell you one thing. This this could, I don't want to say backfire, but there, there could be, he, he could score enormous empathy points by struggling through this debate with whatever laptop screen he's going to be looking at to, to know what anybody is saying. You, you, you can't have that in the Senate. You just can't. And this is not ableism. And it's not attacking a disabled guy. Please, I got to tell you, there are deaf people, stone deaf people who have done fine in public office because it's all baked in. They, they got to do sign language. There are various things. So thank God for the cochlear implant. Some of them can hear now. But this is brand new to Fetterman. It's all new, and it all has to do with actually being able to even remotely understand what people are saying on the fly, in a hallway, in a news conference. This is not sustainable as it is now. So we'll see how this all plays out on a debate stage tonight. Ugh. I, I am not looking forward to it. But so we'll, I don't know. Your, your thoughts are welcome. one prager 776 1-8-Prager-776. Let us head to some of these wonderful calls. We are in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Let me take us where we're supposed to go on there. And that is you, Eugene. Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm good, Mark. How are you today? Doing great. Thank you. By the way, that was very nice what you just said about Fetterman. Um, I agree with you. Unfortunately, we're probably in the 1% within our party that feels that way. But uh, I do agree with what you just said. I don't know. Um, Well, thanks. I do, too. With with that said, uh, I wanted to run something past you that a left-leaning friend of mine told me. Um, I hadn't heard this, but I I, I don't know. that is that um, a number of people from President Trump's inner circle testified under oath that he knew that Biden won the election. And during the insurrection, he sat around and watched TV for three hours. Uh, have you heard anything about that? Well, sure. I mean, I've been paying attention to that stupid January 6th committee and all of these obsessions about the nuts and bolts of that day. 
on, let me address both of those. Well, on the first, as what? Well, well, hi, hi, hi. You, you, hey, here's a crazy idea. You brought stuff up. I'll address what you brought up, and then you address what I then say. It's an awesome system. I've used it for 40 years. So sit tight, 60 seconds. Be right back with you. So in terms of of what Trump thought about the election, I think he might have known in his heart of hearts that the overturning of the result, however flawed he viewed it to be, was probably not going to happen and that he would probably have to endure, as we all have, a Biden presidency. Uh, publicly, his view was, we're going to win this, we're going to prevail, we're going to do this, we're going to challenge it in court, we're going to see how it goes. In his heart of hearts, did he know that was probably futile? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a mind reader. As far as what he did for the hours of the January 6th uh, rioting, and it was rioting, uh, count me among those who wish he had come out, wish he had come out earlier to say, hey, you're not doing me any favors here, you're not doing the country any favors here, go home. That would have been lovely. Would it have worked? I don't know. Um, but I, I, I confess that I don't particularly care about that that much in the, in the aftermath. It was underway. It was terrible. The people who rioted should be prosecuted promptly. That's not happening. Uh, the 75 million who voted for him or the other thousands who came to the Capitol that day because they were unsatisfied with the accuracy of the result, they should not be smeared by the acts of the rioters. And so now here we all are. Back to you. Yeah, um... I don't even know what to say. I'm just shocked at these allegations. I'm sure you don't. I mean, I mean, why? What's, what, what, is, what, what is so incredibly what what is what is so incredibly shocking? What is it that just makes you stop down in a in a deep funk as a result of anything that we've just talked about? What is it that's so huge? Well, in my I'm 53, and in my lifetime, I never thought we'd have an insurrection in this country, and. I never thought there'd be so many stupid, naive, and dumb people to believe the BS that this clown puts out every day. Well, but that's it's just really that's just you. But that's well, that's just you hating millions of people. So if you can wear that all day, knock yourself out. There's a spectrum of people, and Lord knows we saw some of them with all kinds of voting machine issues, and we're going to release the Kraken and that whole Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood thing that didn't work out so well. And yet there are still millions of people who look at the rules that were changed unconstitutionally in several states on the fly and looked at various votes that were counted that simply shouldn't have been. It's not fraud in the usual traditional sense. No courtroom was going to find that. No court challenge was going to be successful, except the one that originated in my state, where our Attorney General Ken Paxton went to the Supreme Court and said, look, rules were changed on the fly. That's unconstitutional. Supreme Court punted. That was the challenge that might have meant something. It didn't. Here we are. So, you know. Get over yourself and let's move on. So who do you think won the elect the 2020 election? I have no idea. You have no idea. I, I have even, absolutely even, no idea. Even and that's not even good enough for me. They went to, even though they went to court 60 times... Did you? I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe, maybe the connection is bad, and maybe you didn't hear what I actually just said like 60 seconds ago. There was never going to be a courtroom that said we bang the gavel and definitively find that Trump did in fact win Pennsylvania by 312 votes. That was never going to happen. I didn't speak well of those court challenges, and I caught all kinds of holy, you know what for it. The problem was that rules were changed in various states that shouldn't have been changed. Votes were tabulated that should not have been tabulated. How many? I don't know. We'll never know. And that's not good enough. So Biden's president. I'm over it. And now we're just looking to dig the country out of it. Well, I guess that's the way to put lipstick on the pig. But No, um, that's the way that, that that's I the think, way to accurately tell you how I feel. And if you feel differently, that's OK. That's why we have phone lines. It's all right. 
I mean, I can't believe that this guy's out there lying every day like he is. But for crying out loud, get your panties out of a wad and just understand what other people believe. There are people out there who are not satisfied with the election result. There are people out there who don't agree with you that the election was as pure as the driven snow, that everything was perfect. And, and this, this is part of what the media culture has wanted to do. If you have the slightest doubt, the slightest principled doubt, which I've just given voice to, uh, I, I just made myself an election denier, which is meant to be of a type with Holocaust denier. So uh, there's a reason for that. Mark Davison for Dennis, and we will continue. The Dennis Prager Show. History repeats itself, and we're seeing that play out with inflation. When Jimmy Carter took office in the late 70s, gold sold for $140 an ounce. By 1980, the price of gold topped out at $870 an ounce. If today's market performs like it did when Carter was in office, the price of gold could skyrocket from $1,800 an ounce to $9,300 an ounce. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. Don't miss out on a great opportunity to purchase precious metals while the prices are still stable. If history repeats itself, we'll see a run on gold, silver, and platinum that will certainly drive up prices. Be smart and buy now, as I am. At AmFed, you're dealing with specialists who provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. You'll never be pressured into buying outrageously priced so-called collectible coins or anything that you don't need. Take advantage of today's prices. AmFed, Coin, and Bullion, 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Dennis Prager here. And I'm off today, and sitting in for me is a legendary broadcaster. Ask anybody in Dallas, and you'll hear how accurate that is. And that is Mark Davis. Take it away, Mark. I know I'm in good hands with you. Wow, no pressure. Dennis, thank you. I didn't expect that. The hospitality is always so great around here. Boy, the actual pre-recorded drop from the man himself. Golly, that's that's high cotton. I love it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. One eight Prager seven seven six. That is the phone number. Um, let's hop back to some more calls. I got all kinds of things, you know, front loaded in my brain for things I want to cover with T minus two weeks to go before the election. This might be the last time I get to fill in before the election itself. Next next time I'm here, maybe we're talking about a fifty two. Dare I dream fifty three? Uh, Senate uh, seat majority there in the. Uh, in the in the upper house in the upper uh, part of Congress, and we're certainly certainly going to win back uh, the House of Representatives. Um, we got got to look at, at Mitch McConnell as Senate Majority Leader. Somebody called me on the local show this morning and said, "Is it a good news bad news thing?" Where the good news is we won the Senate back, but the bad news is we got Mitch. I think Mitch McConnell is overpraised and overcriticized. Um, I, th- I will always thank him for holding open that seat, the Supreme Court seat, so that, thank God, Merrick Garland is not sullying the Supreme Court. And we had the chance to have an election and see who gets to pick that seat. It was Trump, thank God again, who gave us three constitutionalist Supreme Court justices. The country is better off as a result. Um, in other ways, Mitch seems to be a creature of the establishment. He's going to have to be a Senate majority leader looking at brand new faces like, like you know, Blake Masters, Herschel Walker, uh, you know, J.D. Vance. Uh, that could be fun. And I think if, if the usual characteristic of Mitch that is most concrete is that Mitch is going to do what's good for Mitch, that, which, is, by the way, is true of most politicians, 
um, especially in leadership positions, that maybe that'll wind up being a good thing because he'll see the way the field is striped and that there is a certain, I don't want to call, you want to call it Trumpian flavor, MAGA flavor. Let's call it a bold conservative flavor among some of the new arrivals so that it would, uh, it would do well for him to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Alrighty, let us roll to Santa Cruz, California. Buster, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you? Hey, good, Mark. You're sounding good out there. Uh, Thank you. Sounds like you, I think you had some good coffee, yeah? <laughs> I have indeed, always. That second talk show of the yeah. day, I hit my energy stride. Nice. You know, I like the, a comment on Mitch, but the main uh, thing I wanted to talk to you about is I like your opinion. You know, because I had to wake up to another mass shooting. I'm kind of like really put me on edge, and I and I kept thinking, we need some kind of deterrent. Uh, I think you remember the electric chair, how scary that that darn thing looked, or you know something similar as a deterrent, not necessarily well, use it. Maybe what, what do you think? Well, why, if, if you're if you're going to have it, why not? I I saw the Florida electric chair in use in 1984. I think I've regaled people with that story here. I may do it again if you want me to. But but the point being, I went in to witness an execution in Florida, uh, and I was kind of ambivalent. I was 26. I was ambivalent about the death penalty. Uh, Coming out, I was absolutely a steadfast supporter because I saw the peace and the closure of the families of the victims of the guy that I'd just seen put to death, made me a a death penalty advocate, which I remain to this day. Execution falling out of favor. I think death penalty is losing support by the day. It is scriptural. It is symmetrical. It is just. It is right. Problem is, in the human hands in which it falls, we've had some screw-ups. We've had some executions that didn't go real well. And uh, and, and, and we, we've had some people uh, plucked off a death row because it turns out they were innocent. We always hate that. I, and maybe we ought to move for the, the standard for executions. We convict people beyond a reasonable doubt. Maybe for execution it ought to be beyond the shadow of a doubt, because I don't want to do away with the death penalty. How about you? Yeah, no, no, I definitely something's got to be done. These uh, maniacs got to get get in their head. You know, they're going to play. <clears throat> There's going to be a hell to pay. Yeah, uh, it's about. I've all, I've always wondered how much of a de- is it a deterrent? It is a proper consequence. It is a just result. Uh, the, the reason we have a death penalty is because human life is innocent human life is sacred innocent human life is sacred so much so that if you take one we're going to take yours that's the logic of the death penalty is it a deterrent i don't know i don't care i i I support it anyway the reason i wonder whether it may not be is does everybody expect to get caught does i I guess they probably do who gets away with murder (laughs) oj uh generally speaking, I, I, I don't know if people are thinking that far ahead when they commit murders. I don't know. But whether it's a deterrent or not, I think the death penalty is a, uh, a, a national tradition worth preserving. Mark Davis in for Dennis. More of you are next. one prager 776 Stay here. The Dennis Prager Show. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special available to my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent yet still providing the soft feel you look for in a towel. 
The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with the promo code Prager. Don't miss out on these extraordinary offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. 800-761-6302. Use the promo code Prager or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use the promo code Prager. Dennis Prager here, and I'm off today, and sitting in for me is a legendary broadcaster. Ask anybody in Dallas, and you'll hear how accurate that is. And that is Mark Davis. Take it away, Mark. I know I'm in good hands with you. Thank you, Dennis. Always a pleasure, always a joy to be here on the Dennis Prager Show. I am indeed Mark Davis at 660 AM, The Answer, here in thriving Dallas-Fort Worth, here in Texas. We're making a little news here ourselves, as we as we always do. Uh, if those of you elsewhere are wondering if, if my state is about to turn purple or turn blue, that's going to be a big fat no. Here in two weeks from today, Greg Abbott is going to win, and it's not going to be that close. Our Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is going to win, and it ain't going to be that close. Our Attorney General Ken Paxton is going to win. I thought that one might be close. I no longer do. Uh, this is a red state. Uh, we're going to fortify our role as such. Here's why everybody in Iowa and Utah and Alabama and Florida and Oregon and uh, why conservatives ought to care about this is because if Texas is ever lost, if we are ever no longer a red state, you will never elect a Republican president again. We have 40 Honkin electoral votes now, forty. We've uh, we've upped ourselves to thirty-eight congressional seats plus our two senators. That's how you calculate your state's electoral votes, and uh, so we have forty now, and so that's an eighty-vote swing, an eighty electoral vote swing, and, and you know, look at how close a lot of the past elections have been. Uh, you take forty away from the Republican nominee. And hand them over to the Democrat camp. That is an 80 electoral vote swing. Good luck. So, yes, my state is important. And I'm spending every day uh, prodding and cajoling everybody listening in my state to get out there and vote. Our early voting is underway. And with that, we find an interesting quandary because I have never been a fan of early voting. I'm telling everybody to do it. I'm not stupid. Uh, But it's... I mean, I know that we've talked about my 40 years in talk radio being measured uh, and observed today, for which I'm grateful. Um, When I was a boy, back in 1982, doing a talk show, uh, we had one election day. And we knew what the results were by midnight. We got on with our lives. Do Do we just have too many people now? And we've gotten to the point where convenience is like the most important thing, when it never has been. Having voting be convenient is great. I mean, it should not be ridiculously hard to vote. And here's the good news. It's not, not for anyone. Voter suppression is a poisonous, poisonous, historically illiterate myth. I mean, now, did, did we have suppressed voter suppression in the past? Jim Crow, poll ta- literacy test, poll, of course we did. Poll taxes, of course we did. Those are gone now. There's no excuse for not being able to vote. There's no excuse for not being able to show an ID to prove who you are. 
and be recognized as who you are when you cast your in-person vote. Now we got mail, we got ballot dumping, we got ballot harvesting. It's all for the birds. And we've Georgia has been voting since the 4th of July. I mean, I, I know it's it's only a couple of weeks. But we're in Texas, we just started yesterday. Uh, here, didn't mean to turn this into a big early voting rant because I got a term limits rant to come too. And you may make a mini rant of your own at 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. I've always believed that voting, the best democracy involves an election day, day singular, I'll play ball with you. I know we got a lot of people and not enough voting infrastructure. How about a long voting weekend? Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That ought to do it, don't you think? When you think? Two weeks, four weeks. Ugh. Anyway, though, our, our decision should be made based on the same shared window of information. Stuff happens in the last two weeks of a campaign, the last four weeks of a campaign. What if somebody voted for Raphael Warnock in Georgia today? And then you know somebody gets a hold of them, and you know just some friend, some family member that says, "Really, you're in in favor of you know, like uh, infanticide, like uh, Raphael Warnock is?" They go, "Wait a minute, what?" And then they learn something about uh, about abortion and the truths of it, and they go, "Man, I, uh, I might not be a big Herschel Walker fan, but that Warnock guy is crazy." Well, you voted already. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, yeah, not an early voting fan. However, since it exists. Get out there and take 10 people with you today, tomorrow, whatever day the polls are open so that we can actually have this wave that all the talk shows are talking about. You notice that all of us who do this for a living are talking a lot about the Republican wave. Here it comes. Oh, my gosh. Here it comes. Yeah, we can do this all day. It's ultimately in your hands. You have to vote. You have to help us save this country. And I have a good feeling about you. I think you're going to do it. Okay, term limits. Last guy, last hour. Says that, you know, in order to prove how serious they are about making democracy better, the first thing the new Congress ought to do is get very, very serious about term limits. Hooray, term limits. Huge crowd-pleasing concept. Honestly, in almost any crowd. Not just a Republican crowd. And I, I said I would tell you why we don't have them. I think you know. Well, actually, there, there are two reasons. The first thing that probably occurs to you is the people who would give us term limits, it's almost like a conflict of interest. The people who would give us term limits are who? Elected officials. And are they going to cut their own throats? Are they going to vote themselves into planned obsolescence? Are they, you know, you can't expect elected officials to, to cut off their own gravy train, their own trough. So it's a challenge asking elected officials to limit the terms of elected officials. And that's true. That's true. However, the ultimate reason why we don't have term limits not enough people want them wait a minute mark i want them everybody i know wants them my family wants them my friends all want them i can't find anybody doesn't want them okay here's the dirty little secret though we all like term limits for other people When I think of why I want term limits, I think of Nancy Pelosi, Senator Robert Byrd, people in office for hundreds and hundreds of years, it seems. I don't think of getting rid of Ted Cruz. You're going to tell me? Because if if we had all these golden term limits that everybody wants, I've got to get rid of Ted Cruz in two years. I love my state. You trust my state to give me another Ted Cruz? Shoot, no. 
He's there. I want him there, and I want him there as long as I want him. It's a marketplace decision. When I don't want Ted Cruz anymore, I'll let you know in the primaries. And I don't envision that happening. Uh, my member of Congress out of Texas 26 is Dr. Michael Burgess. I've said he can be my congressman until we are both in our 90s because I love him. He's great. And I know all about the citizen legislature, and that's not what the founders envisioned, I, the, you know, career guys and gals. I get it. But I, and I'm not, I'm certainly not anti term limit. I, I'm not opposed to the concept of term limits. I'm not hostile to it. Not at all, not at all, not at all. If enough people, because if enough people decide we want it, we'll get it. Because what we have now is X percent of people running for office who say they, well, some people term limit themselves. They say, I will only serve for 12 years. That's the way the usual term limits plan gets rolled out. Two, two terms in the Senate, six plus six, six terms in the House, two years times six. So 12 years, both places. There's another detriment to term limits that sometimes people don't think about. Guess what's not going to get term limited? Guess who's not going anywhere? Lobbyists. The swamp. Unelected tyrants that extend through the tentacles of government. Ain't no getting rid of them, unless we elect the right people to do it. But they're, they're going to be a constant presence. Staffs, lobbyists, pressure groups. So every 12 years, you got to roll in a new, green, fresh-faced person who might just get rolled by those lobbyists and pressure groups. There is something to longevity. There is something to knowing the game. So I, I, and I think first and foremost of the late, great, honorable Congressman Sam Johnson, who served in Texas' third congressional district, I mean, for decades. And you know how many days he was awesome? All of them. All of them. So, I, I mean, I'm all right with term. I'm, 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 call me ambivalent, you know? Everybody says they want them. I get it. I hear you. We can talk about it if you want to. It seems like two weeks before an election is a good time to talk about term limits. But those are some of the reasons why they might not be the greatest thing since sliced bread, and that is the definitive reason why we don't have them, because we simply don't have enough people who have demanded them. If we do, then we will have them. If we get people losing congressional races because, hey, you promised to vote for term limits and you didn't do it, so out with you. Well, we, guess what? We have not arrived at that point. So there's little term limits 101. It is Tuesday, October 25th, the Dennis Prager Show, 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. All things Prager at DennisPrager.com, PragerU.com for the wonderful PragerU videos. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis. Here we are. Taking calls, slinging hot topics, having a great time. Mark Davis, stick around. We'll be right back on the Dennis Prager Show. It is the Tuesday, October 25th, Dennis Prager Show. Dennis is back tomorrow in his stead. Here I am, Mark Davis, host of the morning show on 660 AM, The Answer. Excuse me, uh, didn't, uh, I misspoke, I misspoke. Uh, Dennis is back on Thursday. Who does tomorrow? Let's plug them. Bo oh, Bob France, voice of Cleveland, he's so great. He is so great, I'm a huge Bob France fan. So Bob is with you, you'll be well served by him tomorrow, and then Dennis returns on 
Thursday. All righty, so the phones to the phones. Lots of things. Election two weeks away. What do you think? Talk about various specific states. DeSantis and Christ were on the debate stage last night. That did not go well for Brother Christ. Uh, Fetterman and Dr. Oz will be on the debate stage tonight. That probably won't go real well for... Listen, if Fetterman were as... If, if Fetterman were as glib and had the facility of language of Ben Shapiro, it wouldn't go well for him on the debate stage last night because he would still be saying John Fetterman-type things. As it is, we face the specter and the oddity, and I uh, I don't know how this is going to go, of him just struggling with, with processing the English language, going in and out. I don't want that for him. I don't, you know, we can't have that in the Senate, I'll tell you that. So we'll just sort of see how that goes. And I've got some things to say about Arizona. Listen, we got a big listenership in Arizona. Big listenership on the big Patriot station in Phoenix and various other folks out in Arizona. There are apparently people, because the polls seem to indicate this, because Carrie Lake has a slight lead on this Katie Hobbs. Ugh, what a piece of work she is. Won't even get on a debate stage with Carrie Lake. Gee, I wonder why. Anyway, though, Blake Masters continues to be like five or six behind Mark Kelly. That means there are people who plan on voting for Carrie Lake and then voting for a Democrat, Mark Kelly, for the Senate. What is the matter with you? I will lovingly ask that question here in just a little bit. And, and listen, maybe that's you. In fact, do me a favor. You know you'll be treated lovingly and respectfully. Uh, if you're in Arizona and you're planning on voting for Carrie Lake and Mark Kelly, you're a ticket splitter. <laughs> I'm sorry. It sounds, <laughs> sounds like a playground taunt. Oh, Billy's just a ticket splitter. Uh, let me hear from you because I'd, like I'd like to explore that world a little bit. Let's explore a lot of worlds on the phones here, shall we? We are in Illinois, and Mike, that is you. Welcome. Mike, Mark Davison for Dennis. How you doing? Mark, good, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Hi. I've listened to you for years. You. I appreciate it. Um, don't take my question in a negative connotation. It's one of the challenging things that I want you to think as us as listeners, uh, how That's we fine. have to really think. Uh, sure. you, you probably state that you have this vax and you've been boast, boosted and, and things like that. And, and I'd have to say, out of what we have seen already with factual information, everything else like this, with uh-huh. what you know even today, do you think it would be a mistake to actually be proud to be boosted and vaxxed or whatever the shot is that has been put into our bodies? Because ultimately, as Trump supporters, especially a vast majority of us, we believe this was a huge mistake by Trump. And to actually keep on doing this, all we did is degrade our constitutional rights, degrade people from their financial abilities. They've lost careers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Okay, well, well se- separate it out because there, there are a couple of places to go. Uh, I'll, I'll do me for 30, 60 seconds, then you do you. I, I, don't, I don't know if I said proud. I think I said I'm glad to be. I'm thoroughly pleased. To, I'm glad I went and got it. That's great. Not because it ever kept me from getting it. I think that has been blown straight to smithereens. And that's why vax mandates never made any sense and why they don't make any sense today. But if somebody wants to get the vax and the boost because there's loads of evidence that it keeps you from getting horribly sick, might save your life. It might. But the notion of of interrupting transmittal from person to person, that seems to be a completely defeated concept. But it ought to be up to you. So I've got, you know, so whatever anybody wants to do with the vax, that's up to them. I'm glad I did what I did. I know a lot of people who got very, very sick. Uh, hope not to ever be one of them. 
Um, but as far as every point you make, which I also agree with you about the way we killed our education, we, we sacrificed all kinds of rights. We denied ourselves the service of the military and law enforcement, all kinds of people because of VAX mandates. That was crazy. Let me stop and let you hop in. Go ahead. Yes. And just, just to make clear, I know you, you, that I believe there's more study that needs to be shown where that actual shot reduces the time frame of having that. I've seen people that have had it for two days and it was done. And they had no shot. I no, think of course. I, I, I know that. I'm, I'm well aware of that. I know. I'm, I'm well aware I mean, of that, too. I know. Everybody's to case make, is different. Right. To make a claim, because we've heard many people make claims prior to these studies, and it came out that the people that were called theorists or conspiracy theorists, they happen uh-huh. to be right. That's scary. Because when it comes to the science, as I taught my children and of, in my college education, science uh-huh. is about the point of questioning, to be curious. But when we shut it down, that's when Absolutely. we have problems. We lose. 1,000% agree. But we should always remain completely open to, to opening our eyes and making judgments based on what seems to be happening in life. And if that begins to contradict what experts and what the, the, the Fauci's and the CDC's of the world say, then it's time to maybe continue to have that conversation. No point of that conversation should ever be shut down online. Do you know the number of people that were kicked off Facebook, kicked off Twitter for something that was once called COVID disinformation? Uh, you know, so, yeah. Um, Still have we're largely on the same. Um, to what degree? What's, I mean, let's, um, this there is fascinating because I probably have... There are still people who I know from my own church. Yeah. They have posted things about right. COVID, and they've been given warnings from Facebook still. What'd they say? Warnings. It talked about disinformation. Your information what has not th- been factually found yet. And it talked yeah. even, you know, even about yeah. the transmittal ah. issue. Yeah. You know, here's I'm an adult. You're an adult. I, you know, everybody ought to be a grown-up. And, and if somebody wants to throw down some hot opinion or some hot take or whatever – about COVID, about elections, about anything. My perfect world is to let them do it. And then I'll read it and say, well, I agree with that guy. I disagree with that guy. I don't know what to think about that guy. That's how I'd like because to conduct life. Rather than, exactly. Rather than having overlords but at Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else <laughs> summarily, kick, summarily kick people off. Com- completely, completely agree. Thank you, man. Appreciate it very, very much. And, and let me take that directly to, to the election issue because this is what the media culture is trying to do is take anybody who dares to doubt the pure as the driven snow status of the pristine, clean, squeaky, perfect 2020 election. You are an election denier. You are a threat to democracy itself. Good grief. Mark Davison for Dennis. Stick around. A lot more to come. The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager Show, Tuesday, October 25th, 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. Glad you are here. And uh, by that, I mean all of you who are listening, and I mean all of you who are on the phone. 1-8-Prager-776, glad to have you. Let's welcome some more of you here in just a second. The election is two weeks away. If you're just joining us, we're talking about prospects in various states and where the, the various situations might play out. There is something, as as the day itself draws closer... It gets easier to kind of put your thumb on the pulse of where you think things are going to go. And uh, I have obviously known, my dog knows, we're going to take back the House. The Senate, um, I've believed for a long time that that was doable. I now consider it to be strongly likely. Uh, 51 is all you need to have a Senate majority. 
there's something about 52 that sticks in my head. I mean, between, you know, because what you got to have, let's say, Herschel, let's say Herschel wins, but Blake Masters doesn't. Uh, let's say that um, there's another pickup, but then there's just, it's kind of a, there's a list of things we're going to be able to achieve and a list of things we're not. There's a list of states where we will be successful, a list of states we won't. If the plus side is too fatter than the, the downside, then we'll have a 52-48 margin in the Senate. If the difference is one, it's 51-49. If we, if, we, if we get crazy greedy, which I'm often uh, prone to do, then we get like a net pickup of three. If Blake Massey, and that's why Arizona, doggone it, man, Carrie Lake is going to win. She's going to beat this Katie Hobbs. And I know that Katie Hobbs is, is just inept. Mark Kelly is not. He's just a Democrat who says he's just wrong on every issue. Um, but if you're going to vote for Carrie Lake and you turn around and vote for, for, for Mark Kelly, the Democrat for Senate, that's just crazy. Don't do that. Every single vote, please. Every single Carrie Lake voter, make sure you vote for Blake Masters as well. I mean, why not save your state and the country at the same time? Am I asking too much here? Mark Davison for Dennis. Let's hop back to your calls. We are in New Hampshire. Mark, Mark Davison for Dennis. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm able to get in and, and listen to you guys uh, quite, quite often, and I constantly hear the word democracy thrown around, that we need to save the democracy and save the democracy. And I just yeah. recently finished up with a Constitution class, and one of the first things that, that we really discussed and debated was this term democracy. And we don't have a democracy. We don't want a democracy. What we have is a republic. And Correct. If, if, we, if we, we can keep it, as the old degrade. Benjamin Franklin quote goes. Yeah, if we degrade into a democracy, then that's basically when people figure out that they can vote themselves stuff. And once and, and, and it's funny because there's a because we are for those wondering what we are not a direct democracy we are a, we are a republic a democratic republic a constitutional republic where the will of the people is not we don't throw referenda open for everything we elect people who then do <laughs> supposedly our bidding and then we elect them or unelect them as the case may be there's a lot of the, what you're the, the key difference the notion of direct democratic response to everything is a lot of what's behind getting rid of the electoral college they want the population right. centers to run america and do away with the electoral college the founding fathers were geniuses in creating the electoral college a lot of people want to do away with it a lot of that has to do with the difference between democracy and a republic but you are correct what else, where'd you take the constitution course and what made you think uh, to do that uh well it was you know i, I saw an advertisement out on, on my local community um lo- local facebook and, yeah. you know, I did a little, little bit of digging and the John Birch Society, they're the ones that, that hosted it. And it was at a local, you know, local house of mine. And it, it was interesting. I mean, I, I plan on going to another one because there was no way that I could pick everything up. Um, can I, can know, I ask you something? Man? Wow. Because you just I could I could hear eyebrows going up. Maybe this is old stuff. And, and I'm, I'm always a, 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 it's important to me to maintain current views of the reputation of every person and every group. John Birch Society used to be kind of a wheels-off crowd, didn't they? I don't know if the, uh, how's, what kind of vibe are you getting? Uh, I mean, love of Constitution, that's great. Uh, anything wacky going on in there? Uh, well, from, from what was presented to us, no. Um, and yeah. and I've, you know, I've, I've read a little bit and heard a little bit. And I, like I said, I, I went to this class, you know, kind of with an eyebrow up, you know, kind of expecting the, you know, ex- expecting the worst. 
and and, and it wasn't. It was very informative. Um, it was <laughs> why, very why did you Why did you go to a Why would you go to a class expecting the worst? Why would you walk into a room where it made sense to expect the worst? Well, because you you never that's that's kind of my life mantra. You know, expect the worst, hope for the best. Uh, that, that way you know something. I there is there is wisdom in that, and thank you. And, and constitutional wisdom, I'll take it from anywhere. Mm. Mark Davison for Dennis. Be right back. Dennis Prager here. And I'm off today, and sitting in for me is a legendary broadcaster. Ask anybody in Dallas, and you'll hear how accurate that is. And that is Mark Davis. Take it away, Mark. I know I'm in good hands with you. Well, I hope everybody thinks so by the time we're done in our third and final hour. Great to have all of you here. Thank you, Dennis. Bob France of Cleveland fame. The answer morning host of record there in Cleveland. I love me some Bob. I heard Bob filling in for Hugh Hewitt uh, while Hugh and Dennis and Mike Gallagher and all these folks were out on this this exhaustive and exhausting battleground tour that visited many of the cities where, where a whole lot of you are listening. And uh, Bob was talking about the differences between him and Hugh because Ohio runs thickly through both of their veins. And he said one of the differences is that Bob France... Uh, will never, he may never say, I don't know if he said he would never say or never get used to saying Cleveland Guardians. Uh, it's the Indians forever for him. Uh, I am here in, in my native Texas where I've been back for almost 30 years. I grew up, however, in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., in the Maryland suburbs, and I bl- bled burgundy and gold as a child for the Redskins. You will never hear commanders coming out of my mouth. Uh, this is unbelievably stupid, what's been done to our sports teams. It's George Floyd's ghost renaming teams. It's wrong. Uh, and and the, this wokeness is and, – and there's – you know what's funny? Daniel Snyder is in so much trouble in Washington for all kinds of other ancillary things, culture of Lord knows what going on in that front office. And I think the other owners are about to kick him out of the league, which I don't care. And, and, and they, have, they have so alienated and and driven me away. They're the team of my youth, you know, winning those Super Bowls in the 90s or were great. The era of Sonny Jurgensen, Bill Kilmer, Larry Brown. How do you not love that? But I'm here. My bread is buttered here. My wife is from here. <laughs> and I'm a native. So it's Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. And Lord knows that's an adventure every day, too. However, uh, if, if, if they get a new – how do you think this would go? The Redskins get a new owner, or the, what are called the commanders today – get a new owner, would this person be allowed in the room? A new owner that says, the first thing I'm going to do is change the name back. It's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to restore the history of this proud franchise. I'm bringing back the best fight song in the NFL's history, Hail to the Redskins. I'm letting you know, proud people wear the headdresses and all the garb which celebrated Indian culture. This entire thing of naming teams after after Indian tribes, Indians themselves, in the Cleveland case, I and somebody said, "Well, wasn't Redskins back in the day a, a, a kind of an epithet?" Well, if it was, and it was, I mean, you can find probably a 1943 Western where it says, "We need to kill the dirty Redskins." Okay, but that's not the vein in which George Preston Marshall meant it. Who names a team after something negative? Who names a team after something they don't like? Who 
names a team after something they seek to disparage? So Chiefs, Braves, it's because of, of the imagery of being fierce in battle. It's fleetness of foot. It's every time I look at a, a thing of Land O'Lakes butter, it, it's like where the, they, they used to have a wonderful Indian princess or something on the thing. And well, she's gone. And I don't know who made the joke, but it says it's just like it's just like history. We uh, the Indians gone, but we kept the land. Nah. So they 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 plucked that imagery from the stupid Land O'Lakes butter logo. We've lost our ever loving minds. And and I I feel like this election is not just uh, said this in the first hour. I feel as though it is not just a governmental statement like hey we want better policies. I think it is a, a a desire to elevate people who are going to try through legislation and their own example and their own logic and their own bully pulpits to try to just retrieve some level of sanity. One of the most important Americans speaking and writing and talking today and, and making appearances is Matt Walsh on Twitter, I guess, as Matt Walsh blog. And he, he, he went out to, he was somewhere in Wisconsin and and of course, was viciously protested because when I was in college, 112 years ago, uh, college campuses were hotbeds of free speech. They were places that was where you went to hear all sides of something so that you could make up your mind. All sides were welcome. I was actually at the University of Maryland during the Carter administration <laughs> and fresh off of Watergate. So my heavens, there were all kinds of opinions flying thick and fast. We had just uh, extricated ourselves from Vietnam, so all kinds of opinions were flying thick and fast. And it was great. It was wonderful. And this is what Democrats used to care about, a variety of opinion, welcoming all voices to the table. No more. No more. And I think this election is a – somebody said not long ago, who thought we'd wake up one day and the Republicans would be the cool people fighting for free speech – and battling to let all, all voices be heard, and the Democrats would be the jerks and the fascists trying to shut people down. Who thought that would happen? Well, it has. And maybe this election is a um, a response to that as well. Let the wave begin. And if there's early voting where your state is, then go be a part of that wave today. All righty. Uh, telephone number is one eight prager seven seven six one eight prager seven seven six. We are in South Carolina. Tony, Mark Davis, glad to kick off the hour with you. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Hey, how you doing today? Listen, I have a question. Hi, good. For you. I have a question for you. I heard Charlie uh-huh. Kirk mention four four Republicans that probably will not be elected because of the Mitch McConnell has poured funds away from their campaign because there are four Republicans that he won't be able to control. Okay, why is he allowed to control the money, and why are other Republicans not addressing this issue with him? Mitch runs a political action committee, uh, the Senate Leadership Fund or whatever it might be called. There are others that are more conservative than Mitch is. It's all a big pile of money that, that gets devoted toward the kinds of candidates that they want. Mitch has the right uh, in a political action committee that he controls to send that money wherever he likes. 
the rap against Mitch is that he does not want, uh, that he flat out doesn't want Herschel. That sounded to me like a slap against Herschel when he made that snotty comment about candidate quality not long ago when he said that, you know, national elections are different, candidate quality becomes an issue. And maybe Herschel Walker's not William F. Buckley. And maybe he's not, uh, maybe he's not a saint. But he's right about abortion. He's right about borders. He's right about taxation. He's right about the, the entire list of conservative issues that we want. So I was I would have really enjoyed Mitch shutting up about that. But anyway, but Mitch is uh, he's going to be Senate Majority Leader if 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 the cards fall our way. I think he is going to have to deal with Herschel because I think Herschel's going to win Georgia. So there we go. All righty, one eight Prager seven seven six. We are next in Phoenix and uh, Murphy. That is you. Let me hit that button right there. Hi, Murphy. Mark Davis in for Dennis. How you doing this Tuesday? I am doing great. You are the best of the best. I'm well, you're well. You're you're incredibly kind. I mean, it's incredible. I I don't. It, it, it astonishes me that you don't have a daily. Uh, radio show. I mean, you. Well, I actually uh, I mean, do, and it's right. It's right here in Dallas, Fort Worth, and I wouldn't have it any different. And I love being able to hop over here and play in the national pool every once in a while. You're so kind. Give me a topic. We got two minutes. Go. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Do you agree with uh, Blake Masters that uh, Social Security should be ended? Well, there are those who wonder whether we've been really well served by having government take a bunch of our money and then dole it back out to us. Wouldn't wouldn't all of us who are financially responsible be better? I know I'd be better off if I'd have every dime of Social Security. If they hadn't taken a dime from me and let me invest it, I'd be a million miles better off. Um, I'm 77 I years old, a, a, and I get a, a Social a, Security a, check, and I don't want to see it ended. Oh, no, you know, he's not talking about ending your benefits. He's talking about the system that we have now, the notion of, 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 of ahead of time, taking people's money, saying, we got this, we're better than you would be. In fact, let me ask you, if you, if there had never been a Social Security deduction and you'd been able to keep all that money, would you be better off today or worse? I don't want to see old people eating out of garbage cans. Well, maybe let now now try answering the question. If you had kept all the Social Security money taken from you during your working years and been able to invest it yourself, do you think you'd be better off today or worse? I think the employer would have gotten a big tax break on it. Well, I, I wish I had time to try a third time, but I but I don't. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that I do acknowledge. That requires responsibility. It requires doing smart things, and heaven knows not everybody does. So what are the smart things for government to do with the Social Security and Medicare entitlement programs? Let's talk about that as we continue, if you wish. Mark Davis in for Dennis, 1-8-Prager-776. Tuesday, glad you're here, and we'll be back in just a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager Show for this Tuesday, 25th day of October. Glad you are here. Phone numbers 1-8-Prager-776. 1-8-Prager-776. No shortage of stuff going on, and we're talking about all of it. All right, phone number is 1-8-Prager-776. 1-8-Prager-776. And we will hop back to your calls here in Dallas. Roger, Mark Davis, in for Dennis. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. Hey, good afternoon, Mr. Davis. Hi. I just want to start off by saying uh, congratulations on your 40-year anniversary. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. 
um, so what I had told the screener is, I believe we shouldn't, I mean, of course, mailing in person is always more better and secure. But if you recall during the 2020 election, they just, everyone assumed all Republicans would vote by mail. So then when the polls closed and all the mail-in ballots came in afterwards, they assumed there couldn't be any voter fraud because the Republicans would have voted by in person. So maybe yep. it's better to vote in person always, but don't ever roll out mail-in ballots because that's what, if we well, discourage... No, go, go ahead, I know what you mean. Yeah, if we encouraged all methods, then they couldn't immediately roll out any kind of, you know, voter. No, ex- exactly right. I, I don't. I, I ideally, I, I would like to think that we have the ability to have the, the very few people. I, I don't even know why we have a whole lot of mail-in ballots. If there, there, there are so few people who have no reason, no ability to not be there in person. We have given, a, or we've given, we've sacrificed everything to the gods of convenience, and we're screwed. There's just if you want to vote, go to the doggone polling place and vote. The the bar for voting by mail or just or, or by carrier pigeon or whatever else ought to be astronomically high, because the vast majority of us, and I mean vast, 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 can somehow, especially as we're voting for a flipping month, there is no excuse. You know, active duty military, and that's about it. So I, I would love to not have much of a need. For voting by mail, I, I don't want to do away with it as a technology completely, but I want to encourage uh, everybody to vote in person just because that's the best way to do it and there's less opportunity for mischief. 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. We're in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and that is you. Let's hang on a second. Joshua, Mark Davis, hi. Welcome to the program, Dennis Prager Show. Mark Davis sitting in. How you doing? Good. How are you? Um, I am Excellent. a. I was previously actually registered as a, as a Democrat. I ran for local council, but now I've seen so much how the Democratic Party has been hijacked by foreign governments and foreign influence. I mean, it's just so clear to anyone who pays attention. So I am now registered as a Republican proudly, and uh, yeah, I just want to go back to what the um, what the previous caller said. I think we need more people going to the ballots in person. I think we need voting transparency. We really need to push that and hold hold the government accountable and have open elections where we can see what's going on behind the scenes. Push for that. Um, there is a lot of foreign interference, attempted foreign interference, but I do believe the spirit of the American people is stronger than any corrupt foreign governments. And then also, I would like to hear your thoughts on the Alex Jones trial and what that means for free speech. Even though he may have been wrong with what he said, it's still about the First Amendment and uh, all that stuff's going on at Infowars.com. That's yeah, a great let me let me give you let me uh, let me I'll give you let me give you sixty seconds on that and then tell me what you think. Um, uh, the things that Alex said were execrable and horrible. Uh, monetizing them, turning them into a lottery ticket for people, it, it was a little weird to me. Uh, I'm a big believer in the marketplace deciding which shows they like, which shows they don't, and having that be what determines things. If somebody is guilty of libel or slander, those are actionable, et cetera, et cetera, the various types of demonstrable harm. Uh, I have not much of a quarrel about these uh, these families, these grieving families whom he savaged, 
seeking something from him in terms of damages. I, ain't nothing going to bring their, their, their babies back. So I don't know how much that gets to be. I think eventually we get sufficiently punitive that we try to do things that are designed to deliver a message. Maybe that restrains the next broadcaster from saying lunatic things. Okay. But um, I don't know. The the, the billion dollars, I, I mean, I don't know at what point it start would start to strike me as an oddity. But, um, you know, I, I, I am a big fan of... Uh, there, there are going to be always going to be shows out there that I agree with, disagree with. Some people saying things that strike me as horribly reckless. And if enough people believe that, they'll stop listing. Those shows will go away. Um, I tend to be a marketplace guy. I'll stop talking. You um, fill, fill in the blanks. And, and avoid blatant plugs because that, that's just stupid. So what, what's your thought on the actual issue? Well, I agree with most of what you said. I think I, so I'm a first amendment absolutist and, you know, we all say things that are wrong sometimes. So, you know, I think sometimes, I mean, he's, he has said he's apologized many times and he has children of his own. So I don't think he would ever want to see any families or children harmed. So I think it was an honest mistake. Um, I definitely don't, I don't. think it's worth I, I, I think I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe that for a minute. I, I think, I think Alex is a lunatic. And I think if when somebody shows you what you are, you believe them. Now, should lunatics have talk shows? Sure. You know, I don't care. You know, but and I've, there are things that people could say that are libelous and are slanderous, which are actionable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't hate the guy. I don't care. Everybody gets a show. Let's say what you want. It might not be my cup of tea, but uh, that that was it. It required an enormous amount of 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 mental disconnect to say those things, and for there to be some kind of price for that. I don't have a big problem with it. Well, um, you have a valid point there. I mean, my stance on it is I think he's he's said a lot more truth than lies or, you know, misinformation. I think. Yeah, maybe Hitler loved his dog, too. And so I, I just, just you know, and, and then I say that. Who's called Alex Jones Hitler? Uh, generally speaking, there are people, there are good people who can, there, there's one bad thing that you can do. I mean, listen, uh, I like to think of myself as a good person. If I walk out, you know, and blow somebody's brains out outside the studio today, yeah, but Mark did so many good things. Yeah, it's possible that there are things you can do, and maybe and maybe they don't define your whole life, but there are going to be consequences. There are going to be consequences, and there should be. What should those consequences be? Well, that's that's open for debate. All righty, debate's what we're about. Mark Davison for Dennis. Stick around, please. It is Tuesday, October 25, Dennis Prager Show, guest hosted by me, Mark Davis. Howdy, 660 AM, The Answer, Dallas-Fort Worth, my broadcast home each morning. And it's always a pleasure to knock out one show and then come do another one, especially when it is The Dennis Prager Show. Phone number again is 1-8-Prager-776, 1-8-Prager-776. All things Dennis can be found at DennisPrager.com. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis, M-A-R-K Davis. And we're just slinging hot topics here in the home stretch half hour, taking a look at various things in preparation for the uh, the election two weeks from today. House will go Republican. The Senate will, too, if you guys do what we are telling you to do. And I don't mean telling you or you should follow in some lockstep. It should be if you have a conservative strand of DNA in you. Uh, it should be an energizing thing so that you can uh, can hop to an early vote if your state provides it. Uh, but let's all focus on the election returns of November 8th so that when they come in, when it becomes clear the way people have voted across these 50 states, that uh, that we will have done exactly what seems to be in the cards, what the polls seem to be leaning toward. Two weeks is a long time. 
Polls can swing back the other way. October surprises can still happen. All kinds of crazy mischief and nonsense can still occur. So that has a lot of people a little edgy, a little jumpy. So we'll, uh, we're, we're measuring all of that as we go to more of your calls. 1-8-Prager-776. We are in Covina, California. Russ, Mark Davis in for Dennis. How are you, sir? Nice to have you. Uh, very well. Thank you very much. Uh, and good on Hi. you. You're such a wonderful voice uh, for, uh, for common sense and liberty. Thank You're you. very kind. Uh, I wanted to uh, discuss the idea of democracy. There's widespread confusion about that. I think we need to clarify it with something you and, and Dennis are excellent at, um, and that is our form of government is representative. Democracy is the process we use. Um, that's voting. Um, all of us, we the people, are always directly involved uh, in in the process uh, of, uh, of of the democracy uh, by voting, it's just that simple. Completely correct. And a lot. See, democracy is thrown around, and, and, and understandably, lovingly, patriotically. So you know, the fight. We, we we use it kind of poetically, lyrically, but we are not a direct democracy. And thank God for that. I think yes. maybe Switzerland is, and you know, that's that's awesome. They can see how that works out. But we are indeed a constitutional republic where we. You, and you've you've nailed it exactly well. That democracy, people showing up and voting. That's how we determine who wins the seats of the people who then go. To Washington and represent us in our republic and our, our our form of our form of government as a constitutional republic. Let me ask you: There have been yes. about two or three calls today where we've sliced and diced this. Why do you think that's important, and why do you think being slow to that concept is dangerous? Uh, the founders chose this uh, process or procedure um, so that government would be limited and responsible, and. <laughs> Direct democracy let, let opens the door to irresponsible government because it, because then people don't represent the voters, uh, and it, uh, limited responsible government is is really the issue. And then how how uh, how responsible our elected representatives do their job to um, to serve us? They're in public service not for their own sake. Are you a, you got like 60 seconds, we went through a fascinating term limits back and forth. Are you a big term limits guy or ambivalent about that? I, I kind of agree with you. I'm not opposed to them. Uh, they're kind of a good idea, you know, but I think maybe individual cases should, the voters should be informed and try to be in, intelligent about it and look, say, are they doing the job? And, and yeah. hold their feet to the fire to it, and then decide, do they deserve another term or not? That we, yeah. We've been lazy. We've been lazy, and we haven't paid attention. People don't pay attention. And they don't think it's important. It's really important. That's exactly true. Russ, it's, it's superb, uh, wonderful answers to some intriguing questions. Good job. Thank you. Appreciate you. Best to everybody in Covina. Because I, I, that's the thing is I just keep, I'll just keep saying this to people. Use the, use this if you want. Use me. So, hey, term limits, term limits, term limits. Okay, love it potentially. Just say, do you want do you, do you want Mark Davis to no longer be able to vote for Ted Cruz? 
Do you want to do it? And listen, it, it ain't just about Texas. Uh, if there's anything I've come to appreciate, the Senate is everybody's business. Individual states get to vote. I, I get to vote for Ted Cruz, but I got to tell you, it's a better country for you if he's there. I don't get to vote for Herschel Walker, but it's a better country if he wins. I care about all the states. All right, things you care about right here, 1 8 Prager 776. Mark Davis in for Dennis. The Dennis Prager Show. This is uh, the end of our show today, and I'll be back at some point. But when I am, uh, it'll, I presume, unless something happens in the, the next two weeks, uh, Bob France is with you tomorrow. Our last opportunity to, uh, to get together and uh, before the election. Next time, we'll be talking, hopefully, about the celebrations that we're enjoying after the election. Every, today is also, and thank you for kindly indulging me on this, uh, it is my 40th anniversary of doing talk shows. And the path that I've been on... Uh, has led me to this gig in Dallas-Fort Worth with Salem, which gives me the chance to hang out with you from time to time. And I also engage in a little prayer at the beginning of every show that I do, and I thought I'd share it on the way out today because we are should be in a stance of prayer about this election and, quite frankly, everything else. So, Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and for your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. So lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where our Constitution is honored, where our schools are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work, where we protect the unborn, we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two, count them two genders that you created, and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and still cherish our many blessings. We follow you, Lord. We know we can get through anything, and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks to Sean and everybody and the whole Prager team audio video. Suzette for screening the calls. God bless you all. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Davis. Dennis is back on Thursday. Bob France tomorrow. I'll see you soon. God bless this great nation. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.